You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. Let's start with something that perhaps you have experienced. I know many people experience it from time to time. You're nervous. You could be nervous in advance of an interview. You could be nervous in advance of going into work in the morning. I know some people who are physically ill before they go into work in the morning, and that's actually the point I wanted to make. If we're nervous, we get butterflies in our stomach. Some people go, on from butterflies, the whole hog, as I said a moment ago, to being physically ill before they have to do something. We know this. We know there is a connection somehow between what is going on in our heads and what is going on in our bodies. We know that, for example, somebody could get nervous before making a speech in public, and another person would be exhilarated by the opportunity of making the very same speech. So in other words, the physical illness in the body as a result of something that is upcoming has nothing to do with what is upcoming. It has nothing to do with the external event. It has to do with what we think about the external event. Like everything else in life, everything that we've discussed before, it isn't what's going on outside that impacts how you feel. It's what's going on inside. It isn't what's going on outside that impacts how you feel about yourself. This is obviously the most fundamentally important to us all. We feel about ourselves, how we think about ourselves is all down to exactly that, how we think about ourselves. And it's not what we think about ourselves, it's how we actually do it, because we're all a mishmash of various different psychological snapshots that we took when we were young and impressionable. So we're all a mixture of positive and negative. It isn't the thoughts that actually get in our way, it's how we think them, or to be more precise, how we give them our attention or how we give them our vital energy. If I'm giving my attention to a thought that in some way makes me not look forward to something that I have to do, like making a speech in public, like going into work in the morning. And that makes me nervous or makes me uncomfortable to the point that I feel nervous or anxious. And that in turn makes me feel unsettled in my stomach, or perhaps that in turn, as I said a minute ago, gets you to the point where you are actually physically ill. What is actually going on? Well, we know if we're feeling anxious, or feeling nervous, we are actually suffering what might loosely be described as low-level stress. You see, stress isn't black or white. Stress is on a continuum. A little bit of anxiety, a little bit of feeling uncomfortable, or even a little bit of feeling flat today is, I would contend, on what might loosely be described as the stress spectrum or the stress continuum, all the way down to literally being physically ill, or literally being unable to face the world as a result of stress. That's hard stress. 
or indeed we could go one step further because in evolutionary times we triggered the stress response when our lives were on the face of it about to be eaten before our very eyes when a man or woman eating tiger would leap from the bushes but we're not talking about tigers or lions there are no tigers and lions prowling around our modern lives the threats are all inside our own heads what actually happens is if i have something upcoming say for example let's take a concrete example i have to go to work today and i feel i'm not up to it this is a, this is a real life example from a real life client so i wake at four in the morning in a sweat i get up and go to the bathroom and i get physically ill and i'm unable to get back to sleep what is actually going on well what's actually happening is that waking in the morning thinking about not being able to cope with the day ahead or indeed going one step further and thinking that there is some threat in having to go through the day ahead not necessarily an existential threat obviously but a threat to my well-being or a threat to the life i want to live now there's a fundamental threat if ever there were one in other words let, let's digress on that for just a moment because most people don't want to use all the hours god gave them working an awful lot of people are working ridiculously long hours and if they're doing that for a couple of weeks because there's something going on some crisis or something big coming up in their job that's okay but a lot of people are working long hours day in day out week in week out month in month out year in year out and that is playing havoc with the lives that they would otherwise like to live. In other words, what we euphemistically call work-life balance. As I said a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, people are missing out on their children growing up. People are missing out on the opportunities of being able to play with their kids or go swimming with their kids. And they realize that that particular bus is passing them by before their very eyes. And obviously that causes stress. So if I wake up at four in the morning, mind racing, run to the bathroom, get physically ill, what is actually happening is that I've stressed myself. The job hasn't stressed me because I'm not doing my job at four o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking about doing my job. It's the thinking about doing my job that triggers the stress. That triggers my belief that I am suffering, not from the pressure of the job, but the stress that is created as a result of the pressure of the job, which triggers the stress response, which triggers cortisol drip, drip, dripping into my system. And one of the things that cortisol does is it messes with my digestive system. In other words, I feel that discomfort in my stomach all the way down to getting physically ill. The point is, there is a direct link between what is going on in our own head and what is going on in our own bodies. Unhealthy mind, unhealthy body. If you are ill at ease in your mind, you are going to suffer from dis-ease in your body. Let's think about stress for a minute, because as I said, stress is a continuum. So a little bit of feeling off or a little bit of feeling anxious is leading you to being ill at ease in your mind. That is leading to disease in your body. We know that that kind of thought fueled nonsense in your head that drips cortisol day by day, little by little. It's low level background stuff dripping into your system every day increases your heart rate, 
increases your blood pressure, increases the production of bad fatty LDL cholesterol in your cardiovascular system, impedes your digestive system. We've just talked about that in practical terms and impedes your immune system. Now, very often cortisol and adrenaline go hand in hand. So let's think about that for just a moment in relation to your immune system. Have you ever been running on fumes at work, looking forward to your holiday, and you get to the day before you go on holidays, and you're in flow on that day because you have to get stuff done, and you whiz through everything, and suddenly you're off on your holidays that you've been looking forward to, and you get sick. You get sick because the cortisol has been dripping into your system, compromising your immune system, and the adrenaline has stopped because you're on your holidays. So many people get ill in the first couple of days of their holidays because they have been suffering, some of them from big background stress, some of them from low-level drip, drip, drip background stress. The thoughts that make you feel uncomfortable, the thoughts that give rise to you being ill at ease in your mind are damaging your cardiovascular system, your immune system and your digestive system. I have a client who had a large part of his digestive system surgically removed a couple of years ago, having developed cancer that was put down explicitly to the stress that he had placed himself under. There is research done in the United States in the 1980s and 90s that confirms that every single person in every single cardiovascular unit in each hospital that participated in the research could tell the researchers exactly why they had suffered a cardiovascular incident. The World Health Organization knows for a fact, and there's a load of research in relation to this, that there is a direct link, a direct causal link. In other words, stress causes heart disease. Stress will shorten your life. And the World Health Organization goes on to make the point, it isn't big stress that will kill you. Big stress will save your life as it did seven or 8,000 years ago when we were hunter-gatherers. It's the low-level everyday stress that literally wears down the system to breaking point. If you're ill at ease in your mind, you are going to suffer from disease in your body. And there's a, a vast amount of research and confirmation at this point in time in relation to stress. But let's look at it from an entirely different perspective. Let's look at it from the perspective of you being mindless as distinct from being mindful. In other words, mindlessness. Now, now, let's deal with this straight up. You know, an awful lot of people misunderstand what mindfulness is. Mindfulness is being present in the moment. Mindfulness, if I can put it simply, is being clear-minded in the moment, knowing what you're doing in the moment. If you're not mindful in the moment, you are, by definition, mindless. Various universities from Harvard to Stanford to Chicago to Milan have confirmed that the vast majority of people in this world are mindless. They are using their minds in an automated way, in the way in which, unfortunately, evolutionary nature intended. They are using their minds automatically. 
the automatic pilot, as it is called in cognitive psychology, is in charge of their minds. They're not in control of their own state of mind. And as a result, they are suffering from that low-level stress that we talked about a few minutes ago. I make that point because mindfulness is not an option. If you want to live your life now, if you want to live your life to the full, if you want to change your life, if you want to change any aspect of your life, if you want to have the kind of life you'd love to live, you're going to have to develop your mindfulness. You're going to have to stop being mindless. But let's go back to mindfulness versus mindlessness on the job, people doing their work every day. I consulted with a major utilities company a number of years ago in the electrical industry. And I don't mean they were making electrical gadgets. They were actually producing and distributing electricity. So they would have people out going up poles, fixing electric wires. You know, the kind of guys who would be out fixing the wires after they've come down during a storm or indeed laying new cables or all that kind of stuff. People out on the electric networks, highly trained, highly proficient, highly qualified electrical engineers who were cutting the wrong wire and killing themselves. They had, like a lot of people in the electrical generation and distribution industry, they had an unacceptably high death rate among their technicians and engineers. They had written, rewritten, enhanced, and done all kinds of things to their safety procedures. But sure, when push came to shove, if you were up a pole and you were thinking about something else, in other words, you were on automatic pilot and you were mindless, you're not doing the job to the full in the moment, and you're increasing the chances of you not doing the job in an ever so slightly fatal way. I'm not joking about this. I consulted with these people. They had invested a fortune in training and procedures, and highly qualified people were still injuring and killing themselves as a result of not being focused on what they were doing at the particular moment in time when, as I said, they might have put their hand on the live wire or cut the wrong wire. They were mindless. Mindfulness is being present in the moment so that you can do what you're supposed to be doing in the moment. Now, we've talked about purposeful mindfulness in some of these episodes before, which goes one step further. And that's really what all these episodes, that's what this whole podcast is about, being purposefully mindful. In other words, I turn up to the here and now, knowing why I've turned up to the here and now, that's the purposeful bit, so that I do just what I need to do to get to where I want to go, to where I want to go in my life to where I want to go today, to achieve the kind of things that I want to achieve, to have the kind of experiences that I want to experience, to live the kind of life I'd love to live. But mindfulness in the moment means that I'm doing what I'm doing, and I'm just doing it, and I'm fully focused on it. You will notice, by the way, if you turn on Sky Sports or, or ESPN Sports or any of these sports channels, you will notice which athletes are in the zone or in flow mindful and which athletes are all over the place chalk and cheese they're completely different the athletes that are in the zone look as if they are floating through whatever game they're playing it's effortless they're just doing what they're doing everybody else is trying to do what they're supposed to be doing if i am mindless for starters and that would 
be, but 96% of the people in the world, as I said a few minutes ago, for when I quoted a variety of different universities, if I am mindless, I'm going to have accidents. Accidents aren't things that happen out of the blue. Accidents are things that happen because I wasn't paying the right amount of attention at the right time in the right way. The classic example being people who unfortunately kill themselves as a result of being mindless and having an accident at work. Now, the interesting thing is that I consulted with the electrical company that I mentioned a few minutes ago. They introduced a program of mindfulness in the workplace. And over the course of the next couple of years, they got their fatalities down to zero. And then they forgot about their mindfulness program. They kind of got a little bit complacent, as, as too many people do. They drifted back into doing things automatically. They drifted back into mindlessness, as an organization, I mean. And therefore, some of the up-and-coming electrical engineers and technicians didn't get the mindfulness training. And you know what happened. Their fatality rate went up again. So when we talk about healthy mind and healthy body, it goes all the way down to the basics of killing yourself because you're not paying attention. And, you know, you're killing yourself if you're not paying attention when you're suffering from stress. It's just that it doesn't happen immediately. And you probably don't realize that you're shortening your life as a result of you thinking that you are suffering from stress, which means you actually are suffering from stress, which means you actually are pumping cortisol into your system. It's a slow, slow drip, drip, drip death by a thousand crazy thoughts, as distinct from death by a thousand cuts. But obviously, on an ordinary everyday basis, if we're using our minds in the normal way, we are paying attention to the thoughts in our own heads that they enable us to make it through the day. We've talked about that before. The automatic pilot that the normal mind uses, using the thoughts that we learned when we were young and impressionable, will enable you to make it through the day. You know, so for example, if an electrical engineer up a pole was only mindful as distinct from being purposefully mindful, which I mentioned a few minutes ago, his purpose being I have to repair this wire. But if he was only mindful and was admiring the trees in the moment, he still might kill himself. He'd be better off actually being mindless. Uh, bear with me on this one, because at least when you're mindless, when you're operating on automatic pilot, the mind is designed to enable you avoid fatal. The mind is designed to enable you not die today. I hope you see the slight distinction that I'm making. There's a distinction between being simply mindful, go out and hug a tree if I can put it like that, or sitting there meditating until the cows come home on the one hand, and being mindless, at least your thoughts will enable you most of the time, make it through the day. Obviously, some people don't. And then there is purposeful mindfulness, being present, knowing why you've turned up to the here and now or living your life purposefully, deliberately. If you are on automatic pilot, if you are using the programs that are repeat performances day in, day out of stuff that you lived during your formative years that are designed to enable you make it through the day, you are turning your own attention and energy inwards instead of outwards. Let me explain. I'm here talking to somebody, for example. I'm not really making the impression I would want to make when I'm using my mind normally, because my energy and attention 
isn't focused on the individual to whom I am speaking. My thoughts and attention are focused inward on the thoughts in my own head, what psychology calls the self-referential thoughts. I didn't say self-reverential thoughts, self-referential thoughts, the ones that will self-check me to see am I saying the right things or doing the right things or making the right impression. You see, when I start self-checking myself, I trip myself up saying and doing the right things. Whereas if I got out of my own way and stopped paying attention and giving my energy to those self-referential thoughts that check up on how am I doing or how do I think I'm doing? If I stopped giving my attention to those thoughts, I would effortlessly, like the athletes that I mentioned a minute ago, just do and say what I need to do and say to get me to where I want to go. I'd make the right impression with the person to whom I am supposed to be speaking. When I turn my energy and attention in on myself, it blocks my own vital energy. You are an integral part of the universe. The universe, including you, is simply a mass of what quantum physics calls shimmering filaments of energy. We play with universal energy and universal energy gives us what we want when we let our energy out into the universe. In other words, if I take the really simple example of speaking to somebody, as I mentioned a minute ago, when I let my energy out, so I'm flowing freely, I'm paying attention to the person to whom I am speaking. I am giving out my energy purposefully, as I mentioned a minute ago, intentionally. When I do that, I will get the things that I need to live the life that I would love to live in return. When I turn my energy and attention in on myself, first of all, I cut myself off from universal energy. So I'm not going to get anything in return because I haven't given anything. Or let me put it another way. I haven't invested anything in the big energy machine that is the universe. If I invest nothing, I'm going to get no return on the investment I never made in the first place. But turning my energy in on myself doesn't just block my energy from the outside energy of the universe. It blocks my energy full stop. If you were to look at, for example, the ancient practice of acupuncture, it is designed to free up the energy meridians in the body, to free the meridians in the body of blockages. Those blockages come about as a result of thought because when I turn my energy inwards it swirls around in my own head it loops the loop along with the 70,000 looped thoughts that are repeatedly running through my head every day same thoughts from one day to the next my energy doesn't flow freely through my own body I become ill at ease I might only become very subtly ill at ease in my own mind. But the minute I become even subtly ill at ease in my own mind, I block my own shimmering filaments of energy in my own body. And I start suffering from dis-ease. Healthy mind, healthy body. Unhealthy mind, unhealthy body. Let me go a step further. If I'm in flow, 
I'm going to look after my body in a variety of different ways. First of all, my free-flowing mental energy will ensure that all of my energy, because there's no, there aren't two bits of energy in your body. There isn't a mind bit and a body bit. You're just energy. So when my mind's energy is flowing freely, the energy in my body is flowing freely, and I'm looking after my body subconsciously, my subcortical brain, my being brain is looking after my body. But in that state of mind, I'm also going to look after my body intentionally. Let me give you a really simple example. And I, I bear in mind, I've used the word intentionally. I used the word purposefully earlier on. Earlier on, I also said, you know why you've turned up to the here and now. That's purposeful mindfulness. So say I am somebody who is overweight. And somebody who knows in my heart and soul, having tried all the diets, I can't lose weight using my mind normally and having tried all the diets and even knowing that there are things I should eat and things I shouldn't eat I'll always opt for something to eat that keeps me in my comfort zone regardless of how uncomfortable that comfort zone might actually be I want to give you a classic example this is a real life example again from a client who was or who, who still is actually a dietitian. so this person is actually trained in enabling other people eat properly so that they look after their bodies. This girl also suffers from Lyme disease. And obviously one of the things that one needs to watch when one has Lyme disease is one's diet. So she has a compelling reason for looking after her diet on the one hand from a health point of view. And she also has the wherewithal to understand what she needs to do because she's a dietitian. And she told me when I met her first, I'll go out with my mates on a Friday night. We'll go out and have a few beers. It's no harm in one or two, whether it was one or two or not, I'm not 100% sure. But she said, then we'll go for a meal and I will always have the cheeseburger with extra fries. She said, I know it's killing me, but I can't help myself. Why can she not help herself? Because she's in a comfort zone that isn't too uncomfortable. She isn't a death door, if I can put it like that. She hasn't been told she only has a few weeks to live because of whatever disease she has. She's too comfortable in her not so comfortable comfort zone. And because she's operating on automatic pilot, the automatic pilot is always going to use the same programs so that it ensures that she always orders the same thing. That's what she said to me when I met her first. After a couple of weeks, weeks, not months, weeks of training herself to be mindful. Now, as we said a couple of weeks ago, the training is meditation. But after a couple of weeks of training herself to be mindful, she found that she would go out with her friends on a Friday night, sit down, look at the menu, say to herself, oh, I'm going to have the cheeseburger and fries. And by the time the waiter or waitress would come around, she would order the fish with a side salad. It's like as if there was something inside her that simply directed her. Now, obviously, that was her being mind or her doing mind that I often refer to in this podcast. The bit of her that knows best. The bit of her that will enable her to do just what she needs to do to get to where she wants to go, which in this case was to be healthier and indeed to lose weight and be fitter as well. I've talked with a lot of people who have lost a lot of weight as a result of their letting the part of their mind that knows best look after what they put into them, because you're not just what you think, you are what you eat as well, obviously. And we eat 
according to what our minds tell us to eat. If we're using our minds automatically in the way in which the normal crazy person uses their mind, the automatic pilot is always going to tell you to eat the same thing, eat the stuff that you learned to eat, eat the stuff that you became addicted to when you were young and impressionable. And very often that is a high sugar and, and very often a high fat diet as well. When you disengage the automatic pilot, and you see that's what meditation does, when you disengage the automatic pilot, the being mind and the doing mind will tell you what's what. It will literally, as somebody said to me a few weeks ago, it tells me what to take off the supermarket shelf and put in my trolley, and it tells me what to leave on the supermarket shelf or put back on the supermarket shelf. I am checking me all the time because the inner me knows what is best for me. As I said, meditation is the training to enable you to come to your senses effectively. Meditation, we know, does the exact opposite to the body as to what stress does to the body. Stress raises your heart rate. Meditation reduces your heart rate. Clinically proven again and again and again. Stress raises your blood pressure. Meditation reduces your blood pressure. Clinically proven again and again and again. Meditation increases the production and buildup of bad LDL fatty cholesterol in your cardiovascular system. Meditation cleans out, reverses the buildup of fatty LDL cholesterol in the cardiovascular system. Clinically proven. Meditation messes with the digestive system and the immune system. Again and again and again, meditation has been proven to enhance digestive functioning. It is used in the treatment, for example, of irritable bowel syndrome these days. And meditation has a proven track record in enhancing the immune system. And we all need a good immune system working for us given the lives that we live and the pandemics that swirl in the real world at this moment in time. The fact of the matter is that you are what you eat. Everybody knows that. It's a well-known saying. The key point I want to get across today is you are how you think. Not what you think. You are how you think. Change how you think and everything else changes. Starting with the very shimmering filaments of energy that make up your body. Rebuild your life from the basic building blocks of who you are up. Start living your life to the full. Start tuning in your mind. Start turning yourself on. Start being present and mindful with a purpose. The purpose in question, living your life your way to the full. You've been listening to to succeed, just let go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called, To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-horse.com.